You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. Hello to all you amazing people watching today's episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts here with my friend and co-host Ken Miller. Ken, how are you today? Good. I'm I'm hopefully as amazing as those people that are listening to us today. Well, I hope so too, because if so, it's going to be a great day. I'm excited about today's topic because, I mean, if you if you Google anything on the internet and you start talking about components of physical fitness, you're going to see here's the top three, here's the top five, here's the top ten. There's so many different aspects of fitness in general. We're only going to talk about probably five of them, but they all play a very important part of an actual physical fitness routine, thought process, plan. They're all very good. All of that, all of that. And I think, you know, if, if you're if you're a personal trainer who's listening to us or even an exerciser, um, what we want, you know, one of our goals here is we want you to think about these five components as we're going to discuss them. But we want you to evaluate what you're doing for yourself and that and that when it comes to our own personal workout routines, we all have a bias. We all have what we like. We all have what we're comfortable with. And, you know, we get into it, we fall into a rut and we and we basically do the same general genre of of movement patterns and whatever your whatever your gig is when it comes to how you work out or how you challenge your body. But if you are an exerciser and you think you've got everything dialed in, we want you to just kind of reflect on what these five components are and what they actually mean. And where this hits home with me, Wendy, is I, I had a client this morning and we were talking about different things, different goals that she has. And, you know, a lot of her goals, as with as it is with a lot of people, and one of the first things we'll talk about is, you know, is body composition. Right. But then as she started going down her list, it kind of stops. Right. So she, she wants to be strong, but she also wants to be in better shape physically as far as cosmetically how she wants her body to look. But then we we started talking about other things that we need to have as part of our workout plan. And she's like, oh, I didn't realize that these are things that I needed to do. But, you know, as it goes, if you're going to train with me, you you, you got to do what I tell you to do. And, but I like to think that you're as part of the processes as, as I am when it comes to you understanding what your body's going to go through and why it needs to do that for long term health, health first, performance second. Um, yeah. and, and I had the same conversation yeah. today, yeah. literally yeah. had someone yeah. tell me they brought in their results. Um, you know, one of the things we talk mm -hmm. about is if you're going to start a, any kind of regimen, you really need to kind of know where you're starting from having that start, you know, starting point, and then knowing where you want to end up. That's on a healthy scale, because, you know, some things, you know, goals are not realistic. That's my job is to make sure that I talk them into what is realistic and make sure that we both agree long term. This is something that's safe, healthy and makes sense, especially within the timeline we're provided. And one of the things that we talk about, and I know Ken and I, um, we've already discussed this because we've had so many people ask these questions about number one, comp, body comp. So when we're talking about body composition, knowing your assessment, how do you move? How do you feel? You know, knowing if there's any past injuries, all of that is very, very important. So getting that that data first, but then also kind of knowing your numbers. What are your numbers? You know, like if you know your blood pressure numbers, that's always good. All, all the things that the insurance company knows, if you can bring that to the forefront to me, that also lets me see what's going on. But body composition is basically what we're 
thing your your weight is made of. You know, people come to me and they weigh this amount and I want to weigh this amount. And so then we start talking about body composition. They're talking about weight. But when you think about your total body mass, you know, we're thinking about what the actual body is made of. So here we've got to think about muscle. We're talking about bone. We're talking about fat and we're talking about water, which is what our body is. And so, you know, what's the difference between the muscle and the fat? That's a big part of, of when we're talking about different numbers that we want to know, because, you know, he showed me his DEXA scan results and, you know, he's like, I'm starting here and I'm going every quarter and I want to make sure that these numbers are getting better. And so that was his goal that he's doing for himself. That type of scan can be expensive. And that's one of the reasons we are going to do a future podcast about different types of body composition, you know, um, pieces of, of equipment and how valid they are um, that are out there. But, you know, knowing that gives us a starting point. And I think it's important to know where are you, you know, what's your BMI, how much do you weigh and yeah, what's yeah. wrong with yeah, and I think the 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 part of it is is accountability. So as somebody is, you know, they're 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 paying good money to train with me, right? So if you if you're making the investment in a personal trainer, you want to see that your body is making changes. It's not just you know some some cool person you love hanging out with makes you laugh, and it could be pretty much the best part of your day. Which I'm sure that's what my clients feel when they when they train with me. It's like this is the one hour I look for, but. But there is an accountability part of it. So if we're working out hard enough, that means we're putting stress on the body, which means bone density is going to change over time. Um, muscle density is going to change. So hopefully your resistance training enough, and we'll get into another component, other components of physical fitness, but your resistance training is, is intense enough that you're going to put on some muscle. So even though you have that, that client that says, I don't want to look like a bodybuilder, but you know, the thing is, well, we're not trying to get you there, but I do need you to have something of what that bodybuilder has, which is muscular density. Um, because once we have, you know, more muscle, that means we're burning more calories throughout the day, which means you're going to, you know, spend more and more and more and more without even having to work out because you've got more muscle. Plus, it's just safety. Right over time, as we get weaker, we lose muscle density. Um, we need to build up our stores wherever and whenever we can. So I've had clients that I've started they their first dumbbell, well dumbbell workout routine started when they're sixty plus years old. And you know, all research shows that there is no timeline. There's no point in time in your life that you can't show improvement when it comes to muscle gain density changes as well as strength which we'll again we'll talk about but overall this just shows like when i reassess you hopefully you've put on some muscle and for a lot of people and probably more important is that they've lost some fat so if i know how much you weigh and i've used whatever method that you talked about wendy that you've listed off um it could be as simple as looking your height to weight kind of looking at how you know what the density is of, of your total body to show that, okay, well, we have a different composition now than two or three months ago. And that's where progress can be measured at its simplest. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked in, in past episodes and stuff about BMI, you know, BMI is a number where basically, you know, we're looking at, you know, 
overall, like where do you fall into range? So height versus weight. And, you know, those numbers to me aren't um, as important. You know, I want to know how are you feeling? How are you moving? Because, you know, if you're 18 or 18.5 to 29 or 24.9, that's the healthy range that we're ideally looking for with most individuals, except for everyone's body composition is different. And so unfortunately, some of us are coming with extremely high BMIs. And the reason that number is important is because you've got to think of insurance. That's how they're looking at your health rate when you're going to the doctor. Um, you know, and like I said, that number is very important. It gives me an idea of where they fall into, but it's not the end all be all. And my number, my job is to make you better. So body composition, it's really going to be about exercise and nutrition. But the reason why they put that as one of the things to start with is because you need to have those numbers to begin with. But then we kind of fall into number two, which again, this is really a lot of Ken and I's wheelhouse. And one thing that we're obviously super passionate about, which is flexibility. And as we age, we take for granted the flexibility we had when we were younger, because there are things my six-year-old son can do with his legs in relation to where his head is that I can only dream of doing. And then thinking back like, well, I used to be super flexible and could do that. And now it would be a dream me to be able to do some of those things again without even hesitating my body would probably tear or break in order to do that yeah and <laughs> I, I hear you i used to consider myself pretty flexible you know back in the day but now it's like i could still touch my toes before i used to lay my hands flat you know if we're using if we're using a toe touch as 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 one measure of flexibility but i used to lay I used to be able to lay my palms flat on the floor as I bent over and reached down towards my toes. Now it's like, yeah, I could I could touch the bottom of my shoe, right? I could I could I could get there, which is still better than most. But a lot of people don't realize that you know having flexibility or mobility. Can you get there? Can the can the joints achieve a certain amount of range of motion? And you know that does carry over into the other components. But without flexibility everything else is harder, right? Everything else you try to do in life is more challenging. The less motion you have, the harder those muscles have to work. But also from, um, you know, again, with technology, looking at your desktop, laptop, tablet, phone, everything is flexed. So when it comes to being able to extend, we're talking about extensibility. If I'm not flexible through my, the front, if I'm not extensible through the front of my torso, right? That's limited flexibility from the front side. And that's going to make those back muscles harder to recruit and incorporate, whether it's just activities of daily living, not to mention resisted exercises. So I have to see that, okay, with my client, and this is again, where the conversation comes in, they may come in with a cosmetic goal of changing their body composition. And then we're talking, you know, they're, they're, they want to talk about cardio, they want to talk about uh, resistance training, but flexibility has to come in early in the conversation because if you can't move, you can't maximize the challenge that you're going to put on the muscular system. So flexibility just for the sake of breathing well, having good you know, capacity for the lungs to extend and expand and posture has everything to do with that. But unfortunately, well, heavily related to that is your ability to move the spine up, down, left, right. Um, you know, so flexibility through the through the hips, through the shoulders does affect what happens at the trunk. So flexibility is a big part of the whole component. I mean, basically one of the foundational components of physical fitness. 
Well, yeah, and as we get as we get older again, I could do things before without even having like without even thinking about it. And now I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's actually a challenge. And so as we as we get older, we do lose so much of the ideal range of motion. If you don't use it, you lose it. That's going to be something. So so one thing that I will also say so total side note, total side story. But my my son, six. Uh, was like, hey, mom, let's play. And he wanted to, you know, like call me on the phone. And I thought he was going to grab my cell phone. And no, he was laying down on the ground and he put his foot up to his ear and he's like, hello, can you hear me? And I was like, like it was nothing. Like literally the bottom of his foot up to his ear while laying flat on the ground and was like, you know, and I, of course I'm cracking up because there's no way. So I told him, I'm like, buddy, I can't do that. And he's like, sure you can. So of course I tried it. <laughs> Not even close. Um, so one of those things that, you know, I see things that he can do that I no longer can do. Now, again, there's something called relative flexibility of being too flexible in certain joints and, and, you know, losing strength in others. And I understand that he's sick. So he's still growing into his body and his bones and ligaments and tendons and all the things, but, but, you know, we really need to focus of maintaining flexibility, which again is movement without restriction of certain joints to an ideal range of motion, which each joint has something that's ideal and, and being able to do it smoothly. And so things to, to work on, if you're really kind of listening through this, like know your numbers through body composition, number one, which again, we're talking about five components of physical fitness today on random fit with myself, Wendy Batts and Ken Miller. Number one, body composition. You have to kind of know where you're starting and where you want to go. Number two, flexibility. If you're not flexible now, you're not going to be as stronger later. And again, that's going to be as we move through, you're going to see the importance of obviously muscular strength and endurance, but start working on it now. It's not something that's going to take a lot of time. If you have time to watch television, grab a foam roller, foam roll some of the areas. If something's tender, just sit down and marinate until that tenderness goes away. You know, foam rolling, we've done past episodes. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, look through that percussion devices. So vibration therapy is a really good way to increase um, blood flow and help with range of motion. You know, take yoga classes, Pilates. There are so many different ways to work on flexibilities and to make it fun. Flexibility shouldn't be something that people hate to do. It should be what way works for you. When can you fit it into your schedule and then make sure it makes sense, but then also have fun with it. You know, get a buddy, go to yoga, go to Pilates, do, do something. Just move something. something. Um, yeah. And, and when it comes to that, I mean, that's why, that's why flexibility mobility comes in early in the conversation when working with any of my clients, because it's just, it's just how we need to move again. Life kind of debilitates you. Life takes movement away from you unless you do something about it. And that's where it's not just something that we do for movement preparation, like you're talking about Wendy, but also as a modality, like, as you mentioned with yoga and Pilates, but also as part of the, the ending routine to, to your workout. And, and I think the warming down or the cooling down process is where um, it's a missing opportunity for us to gain range of motion and flexibility uh, when it comes to our, our regular workout routine. So that's that's why it's that's why it's such a foundational component, because it's something you could do every day um, as part of your workout routine, both the beginning and the end. And that now transitions us to the next one, which is muscular strength. And, and this component, this is the one that a lot of people, it is, it is what they focus on, right? How strong are you? Especially when it comes to, you know, Monday night in the gym, right? Monday is, of course, National Chest Day. 
right? So when it comes to muscular strength, the big, big question you ask is how much do you bench? Well, muscular strength, again, for a lot of younger, younger males, you know, who are working out, they want, they want those beach muscles. They want to have bigger upper body. Uh, muscular strength is a lot of the focus for that age range and that demographic. So and once we've talked about body composition, again, everybody wants to get leaner with that general goal. But once you've established flexibility, range of motion, then we can start to talk about muscular strength, which, again, a lot of times, unfortunately or fortunately, that's where a lot of personal trainers are kind of pigeonholed as far as, well, I want to weight train, I want to get stronger. So now I'll get a personal trainer versus looking at personal training into monthly, weekly, yearly investment as far as gaining, you know, access to information on other components of fitness. Yes. And, and, you know, so when we're thinking about muscular strength, we're talking really about how much force can you lift and the quickest amount yeah. of time in the shortest period of time. And so, you know, people automatically assume like, you know, if I lift fast and I move things fast and everything, that's, that's really not going to help build muscular strength. I mean, it's going to help with power long-term, but really it's the quality of movement patterns through, like you said, full available range of motion because you have good mobility through the right you know, joints. You're pinpointing specific prime movers, which are the, the, the actual muscle that you're targeting. If you are younger and just doing chest, I'm telling you, please also do legs. It's very important that you're balanced. As a female, I'm telling you, it's not just about the chest, just throwing that out there. But, you know, when we're thinking about that, it is through your resistance training program. It is through body weight exercises. It is through, you know, doing different types of, of lifts and changing up your routine. So make sure that it's progressive. Start slow. Make sure your movement is good. Then you're going to be able to get more strength because you're only as strong as you are stable. And so that's really important. That's why, again, we've got it kind of listed as number three. But then that kind of brings us next into which is now muscular endurance. And so here it's the ability of your body to exert itself and remain active for a longer period of time. And so when we're thinking about this, you know, we don't want our bodies to fatigue. I mean, again, especially if we're thinking about good posture and stability, we want to be able to do that for longer periods. If we want to do some sort of cardio, we want to be able to walk around our neighborhood and not get halfway through and have to sit down and then call someone to come pick you up. So, you know, we can challenge our muscles specifically working on something in the gym when we're thinking about strength, but the endurance part is super, super important as well. Yeah. And with our, with our training modality, how we, how we progress somebody over time, I mean, muscular endurance is, is a base phase of training. And a lot of people don't realize how important it is. Like, why should I do lightweight, these men, you know, 15 to 20 reps and slow? Well, think about it. If you're trying to put on muscle, right? If you want you want some muscular density, you want to lift things heavy, well, that means you're going to go very intense and with that intensity comes more sets, maybe less less repetitions, but you're going to do more sets, which means you know, you're going to have your body's going to have to endure a lot of resistance over a certain period of time. So with that, when it comes to muscular endurance, again, I'm talking specifically when it comes to resistance training, your stabilizers, your deeper muscles. So that's that could be your your deeper spinal muscles, your 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 rotator cuff in the in the shoulders, your hip cuff muscles. Um, those muscles that have to basically hold you upright and stabilize those joints over a long period of time. Once those muscles are conditioned, so conditioned for 
for for long longer term activation and, and again and stabilizing those joints as you're picking things up as you're throwing things as you're moving fast those guys are on the whole time so that's it's a foundation from which everything else is built on and that's why it's one of the first um, phases of training that you need to incorporate is muscular endurance because when you get into hypertrophy when you get into um, well, muscular density building up muscular development right or even power training it's muscular endurance that makes everything else possible because if those stabilizers those muscles that are responsible for for postural endurance when those guys get tired nothing else works well right so that's that's specifically towards those that are resistance training want to lift heavy want to want to throw things want to move fast it's muscular endurance that helps everything else work better and it's a different thing it's a different component when it comes to if you're an endurance athlete we do need to be able to hold ourselves for an extended period of time so i don't know wendy if you have clients that like to go hiking like 10 15 milers a day mm -hmm. tell you what if there's any time you need muscular endurance that's one of those events that you know recreational activities that that's heavily dependent on that well, and I think when you're talking about the stabilizers, we take those things for granted. But, you know, what what the stabilizers do, like you were talking about, they actually protect the joint. And so if they're not working in conjunction with the, the prime mover or the actual muscle that you're trying to focus on in the gym, you're decreasing the amount of strength you actually have, as well as the amount of power you're going to be able to produce long term. Plus, again, if you think about bones, they're not just this smooth, like, you know, bone that's up in some capsule. I mean, there's little ridges and nodules, nodules that are on these bones that if, if they're not seated in that capsule correctly, over time can lead to tears and strains and stresses. And, and then we have to go in and some of it has to be surgically repaired or people live with restricted range of motion, which is not how anyone wants to live. So, so muscular endurance is very, very important. And then lastly, I mean, again, if you're thinking about five components of physical fitness, which is what we're talking about on Random Fit with Ken Miller and myself, Wendy Batts, it's important to start with your numbers, then really think about flexibility, getting good range of motion in, in areas that you know are, quote, overactive or tight, uh, making sure that you're stretching the right muscles as well. That's why they, the body composition and assessments are really important. Um, building the strength, making sure that, you know, the muscles are, you know, that's going to help with bone density. It's going to help as we age. As Ken said, we know as we age, we start losing that and in not having strength to do activities of daily living. That's, that's something that is like, I never, ever want to, to see happen to me, but I see it happening to so many of my family members now that are aging, especially my dad. You guys have heard me talk about him a lot. And then of course, we just talked about muscular endurance. And like you said, it is, you know, going for these like longer hikes and being able to stand for longer periods of time without feeling compression in the lower back or feeling your feet hurting. I mean, all of that is because, you know, over time, our bodies are exerting that standing position of our body weight for extended period of time. But then that kind of brings us into a little bit more of the cardio or cardiorespiratory endurance. And so we can't just forget about just, you know, the muscles itself. We also have to think about what's inside. So, you know, when we're talking about, you know, cardiorespiratory endurance, we're really thinking about the indication of a person's aerobic health and overall physical fitness. So it kind of brings this back into play here by doing the cardio of the long hikes and the swimming and the biking and different types of cross training, because, you know, that is going to increase our cardio. And people think when they hear cardio respiratory endurance, that it's about a, phys like some kind of athlete, this is for everyone. Yes. 
And it's again, if you if you're a gym rat like I was, well, I was more of a gym rat before, uh, <laughs> but now I own one. Uh, so, you know, and where you know if you if you're not picking something up, you wouldn't consider it a workout. And if you're like me, and I think you're a little bit like this too, it's like, oh, geez, I I'd rather eat, you know, you know, two pounds of broccoli before I get on my treadmill for nothing wrong with broccoli. I like broccoli, but. Um, but two pounds is a lot. <laughs> two pounds is a lot. Um, but you know, you know, when they train for like those uh those eating competitions, Wendy, you know how they train? They they get they eat like cauliflower, cabbage, lettuce, broccoli. Like the hot dog that, eating competition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause they're teaching their they're teaching their um stomach to expand. So they need yeah. something that's kind of low low calorie density, but takes up a lot of space. So you'll see a lot of those guys anyway. <laughs> so. That is absolutely disgusting, by the way. And every time I see those and they're dipping the bun into the yeah, water in the and you water. know it's disintegrating in it and then they're just shoving yeah. it in their mouth, there is nothing, nothing attractive. But you know what? There, I mean, there's awards and a lot of money for it. So if that's your thing, again, yeah. I'm not I'm not putting down if that's what you love to do. I yeah. just props yeah. for now I'll throw down one hot dog stuff. like it's a rock star. Like yeah, I'm not yeah, afraid yeah, to admit I, yeah. I like a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> but throw me at a ball game, uh, boom, all day long. Exactly. Are you walking to the ballpark and then you're just like all of a sudden you can eat four of them? Uh, but anyway, <laughs> when it comes to cardio, I guess, I forgot how we got into that tangent, but it's one of those things that may not be one of your most favorite things, but to make everything else happen. Cardio is more important than a lot of people realize because, again, it is about your heart and lungs. If you can't breathe well, then every, you know, your respiratory muscles, which, again, there's not one core muscle that's all that isn't also involved with breathing. So if you can breathe well, you can you have good, you know, that's an indicator of having good activation, good relationship with your core musculature as well. Um, so, again, having a good cardiorespiratory system, heart and lungs are good. And I mean, good from the standpoint that if you're conditioned, if you've been working cardio, um, however you want to manage it, again, that's that's a different, that's a whole podcast in and of itself. But what has to happen for you to, let's say, uh, run on a treadmill, heart and lungs pumping, they're getting blood, oxygen out to the extremities, and it has to pump all the way back. But it's laying down those, the, the capillary density is what's going to happen. So you have better blood flow all the way to the fingertips, all the way to the toes, then guess what? When it comes to recovery, when it's time to flush and get those, those, those byproducts of exercise out of the body, the better your capillary density, the better you can flush the body and cleanse the body from all this, the byproducts from the stress that you just impose on it. And I'm just not just talking about, um, from from the cardio workout but when you're lifting weights when you're doing your resistance training recovery is hinging i guess is what i'm saying hinges on the the better the better cardiorespiratory system that you have the better your recovery is going to be so it is one of those things that we you know it, it's a missing component for a lot of people but i think it's something that does need to be interjected gradually over time and get used to it and suck it up because if you don't like it too bad if you really want to be fit and commit to the five components of fitness. This is one of those things that you have to start interjecting into your workout in some way, shape, or form. 
That was so gracefully put. I like all that flushing and byproduct. I mean, you make yeah. you make yourself sound so smart sometimes, Ken. But uh, <laughs> you know, one one thing, um, if you guys ever get a chance to, uh, and he's been part of NASM's Optima. He is amazing, especially when he's talking about breath work. But you know, one of the things he challenged me with when we were talking a lot about this, you know, I think at one moment I've got great cardiorespiratory endurance, and that I can run and do these things for an extended period of time. And he asked, well, how well are you breathing? And I'm like, in and out, like I get it done. And he's like, no. So one thing he challenged me with, and if, if you're wanting to see kind of where you stand, I will challenge you all. I'll leave you with this, this final thought here. Try to tape your mouth shut and then go run and see if you can breathe in and out through your nose. And that lets you know how well you are taking in oxygen and how your body is able to challenge those demands because you're not being able to take in as much as if you did through your mouth. And so you'll see that when you're watching an MMA fight or you'll see this, they'll say, oh, he's starting to struggle. He's getting tired because he's breathing mm -hmm. through his mouth. And so one of those things, just, just kind of, if you think, you know, you're this cardio rock star, not saying that you're not, but that, that was an indication. I went out, I ran, I had tape on my mouth. I'm sure people were like, what is she doing? <laughs> She's trying not to talk. Like, I don't know, but I didn't make it very far. And it was a very big, like wake up call yeah. to myself that I was doing the same thing. I got so used to it. I didn't challenge myself in different ways. And so it was a wake up call for myself to get off my high horse and realize that yeah. I got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Or yeah. even if you, yeah, you are somebody that does a lot of cardio, just simple painter's tape, but they do have mouth tape, oh, right? Yeah. They do have mouth tape. I think that's the, 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 the purpose for mouth tape is something to put over your mouth to, to keep your, while you're sleeping. Right. Um, For those that I, yeah, I wake up and that thing is, you know, taped to the <laughs> side of my head. And that's, uh, like, yeah, Man. my husband tried that too. I mean, broke through the tape in like two seconds. So that's, you know, that's when you leave the room and go somewhere else. If you need a good night's rest. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. Okay. But if you get okay, off yeah. topic, but you know what, this has been fun because I, hopefully it's kind of opened your eyes to realize thinking that when you're working out and you're thinking about a whole fitness routine, there are multiple facets. We always talk about them kind of individually, but it really needs to be all inclusive. If you want to get yourself on a very good fitness and health journey, you got to start here, know your numbers and see, you know, progressively check yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. So. No, I know that's on. Yeah. <laughs> I got that one. <laughs> Um, as always, Wendy, great time. Thank you so much for your time. And I, like I said, I always take away something from our time together. Unfortunately, we only see each other really on these podcast recordings. So always good seeing you, Wendy. But for those of you that have spent the time and downloaded uh, this episode and listened to it, if you like what you heard, like, follow, subscribe, share, download all the good things when it comes to social. Um, let others know. But more importantly, let us know if there's anything you want to listen to or have us talk about. Uh, we'll do the best we can to get your request on the next episode of Random Fit. So until next time, take care and be well. You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media.